Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ashes Central podcast. This is our recap of the first day of the Brisbane Ashes Test, the first day of the summer of cricket. Uh, and it's fair to say Australia got the got the chocolates, England winning the toss, going out to bat, skittled for 147 um, before rain cost the final session. Beginning tomorrow a bit earlier, uh, Vaship, uh, Ethan Prabhaharan and Pearson Lynch joining you today. Um, look, before we can do anything, we've got to stop and check on Pearson Lynch. Here's English. How's the mental health doing, Pearson? We know perhaps maybe optimistic they could have a chance this series, England. It wasn't looking good. Um, four down early, 147. How are you feeling one day into the series? Um, it, it was extremely English. If there was ever an innings that England could produce, it was getting their entire top order skittled in the first half hour. And that's exactly what happened. Um, a few players presented technical flaws, which was painful, but a few players looked okay. I will hazard a guess and say we probably won't roll Australia for 147, but I hold out hope for now. I think by the end of tomorrow, we'll have a more happy or glum Pearson. Indeed, we'll see about that. Uh, yes, Australia dominating with the ball. New captain Pat Cummins, five wickets um, for 38. Look, the best of the bowlers, but Hazelwood and Sutt looked very good early. Start gets two, Hazelwood two. Uh, Green get one, his first uh, test wicket. Uh, and not much in the scoring for England. We'll move on to that later. Perhaps a bit of a happier day uh, for you and I, <laughs> certainly early. Um, and if you want to look at why Australia dominated this day, you can point to the first, uh, first hour, even the first ball, Mitchell Stark, a lot of talk about his spot on the side. Um, we sure ignited a country, um, knocking over uh, Rory Burns first up. Yep, how good was that moment? Definitely a highlight for the series, but it's been really impressive because Australia haven't played a test since last summer um, and they've bowled and fielded immaculately. But you would have thought they've been you know, well-practiced despite the, the washouts before. Um, so certainly a bunch of positives to take away from that performance and it was almost a dream start from Australia and they started really well in that first half now and they've, they've kept the positive moments going throughout the day. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it was sort of the anti-Steve Harmison. That's what we all remember, the kickoff, the 06-07, sorry, Pearson series, um, bowling that wide, which was caught at first slip um, by Flintoff. Um, that set off, I think Hayden and Ponting had hundreds in that innings, and Australia never looked back in that 5-0 um, series. It was a similar setting. The tone, of course, um, as Tim Lane said on Channel 7, looks like it was going down the the leg side, um, you know, nipped back a bit. Shane Warren was saying on Fox Cricket, it didn't swing at all, but uh, no, it certainly swung back. <laughs> Collected his leg stump and the face of Rory Burns. Priceless. You know, it's a heartbreak for England fans who, who stayed up early hours of the morning to watch pretty dismal display. But um, as the whole nation was was on its feet there, um, it's funny, I was watching on Kale about 15 seconds behind and I just look at my phone as Stark's running in and Pearson's messaged me an expletive that I can't repeat here. And I'm like, oh, it must be a good thing happening. And then, you know, lo and behold, um, we get a wicket up first ball. Uh, wasn't just that. And we'll talk about the kind of flaws. We talk about this top three, top four, and how important it was. You didn't want Root. He always seems to come out and they're at two for 10. And it was very similar again. Burns first ball, Milan comes out. Um, he's caught behind playing at one. He really didn't have to play at, um, you know, that puts them at two for 11. Then Root comes out. And, and as soon as you know it, he's going for a nine ball duck, a great catch by Warner. I believe at third slip, Hazelwood was in and amongst it, tipped by uh, many of our staff, including yourself, Pearson, as the bowler of the series. Um, he was putting the balls in the right spot, but on the other end, some not great shots um, and poor batting from the English top order. Yeah, watching the England top order has been painful for a sustained period of time now. Um, looking at the top order, you'd say Burns missed a half volley on leg stump, 
as much as we go on about wonderful setting the tone versus a terrible Harmison ball, it really wasn't this magical ball. It wasn't, it wasn't Ryan Harris against Alistair Cook by any means. It was just a batsman struggling technically on the first ball of his innings, missing a straight one. Now that's alarm bells ringing for, I think, most England supporters. So we'll see where that goes. Hamid at least showed some fight. And Milan, well, Milan is a number five, really. We've put him up as a stopgap number three, expecting him to perform. And it didn't work as he pushed it when he didn't need to. Hopefully we get a flatter deck next time where he can push at that and actually hit it forward of square. But we'll have to wait and see. But no, not yeah, a good day. Indeed. Interesting to see with Milan, his place in the series. You thought he was almost a lot because of that form um, last time uh, the English were over here. Now a failure in innings one at Brisbane. Um, talk about Root. I mean, that was just a jaffer from Hazelwood, kind of nipped back in on that kind of just outside off someone had to play at it. Um, as you mentioned, to Warner, a third slip. Then you have Stokes come out. Uh, the first ball walks down the pitch uh, only to leave it. So there was a little bit more of an aggressive mindset um, in the end, five off 21. He goes uh, caught by Lubbershane off Cummins getting amongst the wickets. Uh, and then perhaps what we saw was kind of a, a fight back Ollie Pope, who I'm not letting, letting Pearson talk about him on this occasion because he'll never <laughs> shut up. Um, oh, uh, who was, I mean, Pearson predicted him, I believe, to be the, someone predicted him in our predictions to be the top run scorer of the series. Um, and yeah, Butler that, that was me. Or okay, we'll give you credit run scorer. for now. Um, Josh Butler, <laughs> also more of a white ball player. Um, Forming white ball comes out a, a bit more attacking and aggressive and even just for a, a half an hour or so period managed to wrestle some momentum back um, to England. Yeah, they looked good, didn't they, for that, didn't they, for that period? Um, they just showed that counter-attacking cricket can work on this deck. You know, different batters will play it different ways. So Hamid batted 75 balls and then he held, held in there for quite a while. But it was Pope and, and Butler who really put the pressure on the Australians. I think Hazelwood had uh, seven overs, two for three, and he ended up being the uh, least economical bowler for the Australians. And that's just because they, they weren't afraid to play their shots, Butler in particular, a few lovely drives. Um, and they, they scored a few runs. And I wonder if the Australians can take note of that because, yeah, certainly after that new ball period, the, the runs were flowing for a period there and England certainly looked like they could um, you know, possibly get close to 200. Well, that's what Alan Border was saying on the coverage. You know, if, if you sit in here, 30, 35 overs, it was a green pitch, but there's still opportunities for the batsman. Um, Pearson, what you were, I guess, saying to me is, you know, good form from Butler, but you want him to be coming in at, you know, four, or Pope and Butler coming in at four and five down for 220 or 250, not at, I mean, what were they coming in at 29 and 60, um, which puts another layer of pressure on them. You know, they did well. They kind of ushered the score when it looked like you could be bundled for less than 100, but um just, again, the top order's got to do their job and that, that'll allow, again, Butler and Pope to play with a little more freedom. Yeah, again, it's, I mean, it's pretty commonsensical that you want your lower order coming on on a higher total. I think that's particularly prevalent with Butler. Well, at least this sort of reformed Butler we've seen today. That's as aggressive as I've seen him play in a test match for a while. And that's coming in at 65 or thereabouts which does at least give me the hope that he can bat well and put pressure on the Australians. But it will be, as we've seen there, in vain if he's coming in at that stage. In a high-risk strategy, it is a problem if we have the batsman doing that every time and we're never on a good total. So, yes, again, as you say, it will come down to that top order. I actually thought, despite only hitting five, I thought Stokes looked one of the more assured players of the crease 
today, particularly, I think he was probably third best ahead of Hasib Hamid behind Pope and Butler. But of course, he couldn't convert because the ball got big on him against Cummins. So I do think our middle order has potential. And we've seen that today. But I think our top three do really need to do a bit more work to get us into a platform where they can actually exploit an older ball on an older pitch. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Stokes kind of squared up by Cummins, a ball that, as you say, kicked up on him a little more, catching the edge of the bat uh, and going to Labuschagne. Um, I mean, the Aussies were good in the field. I mean, we should mention that we talked about Warner catching route. That was a sharp catch. Carey on his debut got a few catches. Smith, um, you know, caught Hamid, mentioned Labuschagne. And then it was, you know, fine leg. Not often you see a catch at fine leg, but uh, Hazelwood, two catches. The first off Cameron Green, Ollie Pope. Cameron Green waited a long time for his first test wicket. You can argue whether or not it was not a great ball short. I mean, that's the plan. I guess get, it, get him pulling and hooking the ball. Uh, and then Hazelwood takes a great catch, perhaps running forward um, from fine leg. They're never easy, but managed to steady himself and, and hold on to it falling forward. Yep. Another great moment of the day was Cameron Green with that first wicket. Waited all last summer and couldn't get one. So it was great to see him get one early. I wonder what that'll do for his confidence. Um, his pace was certainly up there at the 140 kilometre mark. He's probably lacking a little bit of accuracy at the minute. Um, it's a bit all over the place when he tries to hit that Hazelwood length. Um, but the bumper does look good. That might be the wicket ball going forward. And yeah, those two catches from Hazelwood are absolutely outstanding. Seems he's been doing some fielding practice since the World Cup final. Um, and it's great to see a fast bowler down there, um, yeah, capable of taking such catches. It might be different now that Cummins is captain. He probably can't get down at fine legs. So we might see more of uh, Stark and Hazelwood down there. And yeah, it looks like they're ready to take those chances when they come. Yeah, Hazelwood having a large identical catch off Wokes. The last week at Wokes went about a run of all 21. So not much you can do batting with that tail, um, but not before two more wickets to Cummins. Robinson, third ball duck. And then Wood got another another kind of short one uh, rearing back off the glove um, straight to Marcus Harris in there, kind of a short square leg. Um, Pearson, I guess, you know, not playing Anderson, who's another 11. They, they've got... Robinson there I mean are they going to keep playing Wokes just because they want that extra batting depth there and they want to avoid a longer tail well I think Wokes makes the side on his own right for the pink ball tests because he is very effective when it's moving around the debate of course we can't really answer this question I don't think until we've seen him bowl of course if he takes 550 he's pretty much cemented for the series if he comes in and does a Moen Alley and takes five at 110 in the series, then I don't think we'll be seeing that much of him. So it's a case of waiting and seeing. I, I am generally predisposed against the idea of picking an eight for their batting. If your top seven aren't scoring enough runs, you're going to lose. Picking a number eight that averages 25 instead of a number eight that averages 17 is not going to win you test matches. So whether we pick him, I think will and should at least come down to his bowling. Indeed, crucial how he comes out there and performs for you. You've got Wood, can be a bit all over the place. If he's not firing, you need someone to hold that one in. When you've got a Robinson or a Stokes at the other end, um, going to be very important when you're only defending 147 in the first innings. Um, so going back to the start of the day, Root wins the tosses and bat. Clearly didn't want to repeat of the famous Nasser Hussein 2002, um, winning the toss and bowling in Australia made don't know the total, but it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Uh, Langer, I think, double, nearly double, uh, doubles up a hundred in that game. Um, you know, you'd have to think he would have considered bowling, considering the conditions and watched the pitch look like, perhaps. In the end, he goes to bat. I mean, Cummins said he would have batted too, but it seems like a really good 
toss to lose and Australia can be very happy, especially from obviously from a bowling perspective um, with the first innings of the, the summer. Yeah, I think so. I think with green wickets, that's almost the one time you, you would consider bowling first. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, it, it's very easy to criticise the toss after they've, they've played out their innings. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, Pat Cummins would have had uh, it as well. So, you know, irrespective of the decision that's been made, if Australia were put into bowl and they bowled very well, um, and sometimes that'll just happen in cricket, you know, it's a dream start to get the opposition, you know, three for 11, four for 29. Um, and we'll see how England go. The pitch is expected to quicken up uh, in days two and three. Um, and now it's in Australia to you know, continue their perfect start and, and put a lot of runs on the board. And Pearson, similarly disappointing from a batting perspective. I mean, I've got all the dismissals here and I'm thinking, Root, you can give him a pass. It was a good ball. Well, not a pass in his runs, but a pass in, in his dismissal. Stokes, similar option. And, you know, the tail enders, you can forgive him for short wickets. But you look at Burns, Milan, Hamid, you know, even Butler and Pope. Um, these are batsmen getting themselves out. Yes, they haven't had preparation as much as they would have liked in all this. But, again, worrying signs when you're going to play in Australia. You've got to be making more than 147 per innings. Well, on the topic of the toss, I think batting was actually the right decision. I think if you look at particularly England's collapse at the start, Burns missed a straight one. Milan played at one he didn't need to play at. Um, arguably, I would say Cam Green or Tuffers said that Cam Green bowled a rank half tracker that got a top edged hook, which I'm inclined to agree What does that with. say about the quality <laughs> of the batsman? That's, and that's my point, is the problem we have here isn't that we decided to back on a pitch where we should have bowled. And I don't think that much blame should go on route here. I think the problem is our batsmen have seriously underperformed. Admittedly, you did put good pressure on us, but as a test side, the whole point of test cricket is to be able to deal with this pressure. And if we can't do that, it doesn't bode well for the next 24 days to come. Yeah, well, perhaps I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot more of this kind of downplaying the Australian success and... <laughs> And making excuses for the English as, as we go on <laughs> throughout the summer. A quick, a quick note on tomorrow, a um, little more rain in the afternoon, but you presume they get a, a session or two in again, starting, as I mentioned, half an hour earlier. Very important. I mean, Warner doesn't have Broad there. They were talking on the telecast, you know, breathing a sigh of relief. Obviously, Warren Anderson, uh, Broad and Anderson not selected. Um, we haven't mentioned that yet, but... Um, I mean, we'll get on to the bowling attack for England, but it's so important for someone like Marcus Harris with Kawaja waiting in the wings and head, you know, down the order. This is their first chance, um, you know, to make an impression for the selectors in the entire country um, after the bowlers have done their job. Yeah, that's right. Even though, as you mentioned, it's uh, been a great start with the ball, the batsmen still have to, you know, do the batting. And there's a lot of uncertainty as to how Australia's batting will go. We've got Harris, who's been mediocre in the past, Warner, who hasn't been at his flying best, especially against England. Ahead's got a point to prove. Cam Green, arguably, um, he's looking for a first ton as well. Um, so I don't think the batsman will be perfectly confident going into this, this innings. It's certainly not a, you know, a great batting wicket that you'll score 600 on. Um, England will certainly come hard with the ball. Um, and there's a lot, of, a lot of batting to do. It's still going to be hard to score runs. Um, and we'll see how they go. Big challenge tomorrow. Indeed, and Pearson, on the bowling side for England, I want to talk about Jack Leach. Uh, Nathan Lyon, the only Australian not to get a wicket, nine overs for 21. That's all right, but some very defensive field, you know, sets place and looking for that 400th wicket. Um, you know, Leach comes out left arm orthodox, a lot of left-handers in the Australian lineup. Um, you know, how do you see him performing? We talked about, you know, 
surely it's got to be a lot on the seam as don't expect a lot of success from Leach. Well, I, th- I think that particularly with regard to the lion point that you make, I don't think there's any real way to look into that. I think had England hit 400 and he'd taken none for, there'd be a question, but he's not pl- had to play a deciding role here. We didn't, I think, combine, well, we didn't, I think, in that innings face even 60 overs. And that generally on a day one Gabba pitch does not suggest the spinner should have had heavy workload. Again, I don't think Leach will have a massive workload tomorrow. Honestly, if I'm going through Australia, I think they have 11 players. I think two of them are good batsmen. And I think two of them have potential to be good. The other, what does that leave? That leaves seven batsmen who I think are either bang average or tail enders. I think if we can perform against the two good batsmen, Smith and Labuschagne, then I think we can chip in and the bowlers can do fine. I think it will come down to how they go. I wouldn't worry about Leach for now. I'd worry almost entirely about Robinson, Wokes and Wood against Warner, who has potential to be good, Smith, who is good, Labuschagne, who is good, and Green, who has potential to be good. Okay, I mean, he's out on the attack here. You better hope his team can back it up tomorrow. I love the, I think they have 11 players. Yes, you have 11 players, um, you know, as part of a cricket side. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be my one criticism, I guess, of the captaincy. We thought Cummins did a good job, obviously, Carey and, and Smith doing a lot of field positioning from behind the bat, whether or not the decision to have very defensive field. I guess they were just hoping that Butler would hit one down the throat of long on or, you know, I mean, Pope was at the other end. I thought that was a pretty, pretty weak field when you've got the opposition, you know, what was it? Four, five for 80 or whatever it was at the time, um, just allowing them to, you know, hit singles down to um, to mid on on the good balls and then the bad balls. We're going for four through cover, uh, perhaps. So but obviously a, a very good opening day for um, for comes as captain Australia. Obviously would take 147 all that coming into the day, but um, you know, still signs for improvement, I guess. Um, you know, in the rest of the series. Yeah, that's right. There's sort of patches where you can call his work brilliant and patches where you'd say, okay, best best day. Probably need to improve on that. Um, I thought it was a really a bold call to bring himself on after Mitchell Stark had two overs for Joe Root, and that's something you can commend. Uh, the same thing uh, can be said about getting Lyon and Green to attack as early as he did. Um, yeah, you're right. I think some of the fields you could say were a little bit defensive. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, they're 147 all out, so it's, it's not massive. Um, and Lyon was economical overall. I'd probably say he did his job, gave the quicks a bit of a rest. Um, so he'll certainly learn from that, and maybe you'll see some uh, more attacking fields in the second inning. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you point to some of them, the fielding positions, you know, it's day one, fine, when you've got that position, um, you know, it, it, it's still all ticks, you'd have to say. And with the bowling moves, you talk about how he brought Green and Lyon on kind of in the middle order then, a good move to bring himself back on in the tail end. You know, he's known to being able to clear up that tail. And I think he got three of his five wickets in, in, in the last three wickets in the innings. Um, so mopping up and getting five wickets there. Okay, Pearson, we'll go to you first. Predictions for tomorrow. Where are we going to be sitting at tomorrow at Stumps? Uh, I think two sessions will be rained out and Australia will finish Stumps at four for 50. Very optimistic there. Prabs? <laughs> um, I've got... Little to no idea. I'm hoping for another, let's say, 50 overs, and we'll say Australia are three for 120. Okay, I had three for 140, so similar pays there. Pearson, a lot more optimistic. If they do get them to four to 50, then the test match is on. Um, the draw's still in play. We know there's rain expected 
uh, on Friday a lot less so on the weekend, but um, could come down to a fifth day. Okie dokie, gentlemen. Um, thank you for being here, and well, we'll see you all tomorrow, I guess. No worries at all. See you tomorrow. Indeed. Hopefully we can get some more cricket, and we'll be back here tomorrow night to recap it. Okay, from all of us, bye for now.